Hello, Coven. Welcome to another week of our podcast. We're so excited to be here. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. And And together, we are the Fiber Coven. And we're here to talk about yarn stuff with a side dish of witchy stuff. Mm -hmm. So we don't have any news this week, and I guess we can roll right into finished objects, of which I have two. Tell me about them. You're wearing one. (laughs) <laughs> I am wearing one. Uh, they're both Star Wars. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> so this is, I'm calling it my snips cowl. I did it in my snips colorway on my matte sock base. I accidentally, actually, I had a little accident in the dye pots. Um, and this one wasn't quite up to standards. So I saved it for me. And since I have so many socks, I thought I would do something different with it. So I made the slippery cowl by Telly Bean Knits. It's in their new book, which is Knit Happy with Self-Striping Yarn, which I recommend. I think it's a really neat book, Uh, but it's a bandana shaped cowl and it's knit. I don't want to give away too much of the secret sauce, but it's knit in three panels. The first one is the center panel through some shaping. It kind of has a little V and some slip stitches, and it's a really easy pattern to memorize. And then you pick up a panel on either side and those decrease into the back to make it a little bandana shape. And it's designed to fold over It's a little ribbing along the top edge, but it's designed to fold in and make it just a little cozier around the neck. A little tuck. Yeah. A little tuck. But it looks it's, it's really cute. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to make one. Um, and mine worked out great. Fits just like the pattern, but I'm almost tempted to make one that's a little bit smaller so I can just pull it up over my face. For publicing, I obviously with like, if I needed, it was somewhere I'd need to wear a mask, I would put a real one on underneath it, but just like to cover everything up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that might be fun. Yeah. It's a good way to show off your self-striping too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. And it matches your yeah. earrings. And it matches my earrings. And they're from... Um, children of the rice is the name, but I think, uh, I think it's knitting takes balls on Instagram. They do lots of fun acrylic yarn related jewelry in fun colors. Yes. The neon green and this yarn matches the neon green in my earring. And it's a colorway kind of inspired by Ahsoka from star Wars. And somebody on the internet was asking if I'd bring back my snips colorway, my Ahsoka colorway here. And I'm thinking, yes, when the show comes out, I definitely will. Mm-hmm. That might not be for a while, though. You make them wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like a super duper popular color. But my other um, finished object is in a similar palette. It is some socks in my Ghost Crew colorway. Yay. By Star Wars Rebels. And it I kept a skein of the BFL. Um, this is for one of my friends who... Um, lovingly bullied me into watching shows like this because there were multiple of them aside from just you (laughs) (laughs) and we were very right (laughs) you were right everybody's so right about knowing exactly what I I'm into um so yeah it's fun there's a I think there's a good combination of more neutrally colors and more bright colors in this one there's actually still lots of this in my Etsy shop um just vanilla socks for my friend. She has wee little feet like me. So these knit up really quick um, during my binge watching episodes. 
I've been meaning to, to take a picture of that color with my Sabine and Hera and Chopper action figures. Maybe I'll get around to doing that today. Yeah, I want to do it before I start knitting up the MCAL that I'm using it for. Mm-hmm. Yes, my partner has gotten sick of me making little chopper noises around the house. <laughs> He's like, what's the name of the robot? Like murders McGee or just he just like throws out random violent words. And I'm like, it's chopper. <laughs> anyway, ghost crew socks. Yay. Vanilla. They're so cute. Yeah. They make me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you didn't finish anything this week, right? No. These things happen. What have you been working on? Oh, I guess I finished this, what I'm wearing, because I hadn't done the seaming last time we talked. Right. I was going to say. So there. Tell us about that gorgeous <laughs> cowl you're, make, you're wearing. Uh, this is my Deco Decadence cowl, which I just released today. So I'll talk about that more later. Uh, but it is a uh, super warm cowl because you uh, knit it as a big tube and then you seam the two ends of the tube together so it's doubled up and folded up on itself for extra warm it also super hides the wrong side so there's no visible wrong side because it's all up inside of there Mm -hmm. and it is inspired by some architectural details on the astoria waldorf hotel and Mm -hmm. or waldorf astoria it goes that way i believe and they're like floral and geometric patterns that kind of intertwine is that the same building that's responsible for the salad I had to learn about in, col- in culinary it is. school? It is the same building that's responsible for that salad. Waldorf salad. Yes. Yes. They have, uh, it's a very famous architecture Her building. So yeah. Nice. But yeah, I, what I, you- I did the seam on this, which uh, did take forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very nice. And what have you been knitting on this week? sorts all sorts what's in here let's see so i finished i have a half object Mm. which is this leg warmer leg warmers it's so fuzzy oh my gosh that looks delightful it's stripy and fuzzy it's very fuzzy um how do you like it i like it i think it fits really good um i need to write up the pattern because i do think i'm going to test have a test knitting phase because it's going to be sizable and I want to make sure mm-hmm. it fits everyone nicely. So yeah, keep your eyeballs peeled for this test knit. And yeah, I think I think it fits nice. And I have, of course, finished this and I'm working on the second one and it's super warm outside now. So, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I'm knitting this in your uh, History Makers Yuri on Ice inspired colorway. So it's really fun pinks and blues. And I'm holding it double with a gray mohair silk so it's got that nice fuzz halo and it's just super warm and soft and cute and it looks like twisted rib up there huh it is twisted rib yeah it holds it up better and also i like twisted rib die mad (laughs) (laughs) i know you like twisted rib (laughs) Uh, you don't have to twist it if you don't like it that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. true so but so have here's the thing Have you noticed that there are a ton of knitters who are suddenly extremely into roller skating? Mm -hmm. What is up with that? Why is everyone so into roller skating? I don't think it's just knitters. I think people are getting into roller skating. Why? (laughs) 
I don't know. So the knitting, the knitting confuses me a little bit because I'm really afraid of breaking my wrists or my hands or my fingers. And that seems like a Mm -hmm. really great way to do. (laughs) I mean, I think it's cool and the skates are cute, but like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm way too clumsy for that. I, yeah, not very, I'm not a very coordinated person. I can only do slow exercises. I like yoga. That's really the only exercise I've ever really enjoyed yoga and hiking. Yeah. I think, uh, I definitely I'm not good at know. wheels. Yeah. Wheels scare me. Mm-hmm. I've never been interested in sports that involve wheels. The only things I've ever done reliably are jogging and rock climbing, which yeah. is a pretty slow paced thing. Yeah. But so I'm making leg warmers, which seem to go really well with the idea of everyone being really into roller skates. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to take a picture of them on roller skates or skates, but I don't own those things. So it'd be really cute on roller skates. I know. I mean, every time I watch Yuri on ice, which is what inspired that colorway, I think that I should try ice skating. And then I remember I'm clumsy and I don't want to break a bone. Yeah. So I think it would be fairly easy to get a picture on ice skates because I could like go to an ice rink and just like stand in a hallway with ice skates on my feet and make Chad take Mm -hmm. pictures of my feet, like not on the ice. Right. You would, I could not imagine like doing that, like emotionally, like I would be so embarrassed to be like in an ice rink just to take pictures. I mean, so a lot of my photo (laughs) shoots are, I have anxiety. I do too, but a lot of my photo shoots are in graveyards. You get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like the drop of poison socks and actually the foul temptress shoot were both like on mausoleums in cemeteries. Oh, and people God. walk by and they just think you're insane and that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, I see people doing photo shoots. It's a thing that happens. People just it's think true. you're wildly much- crazy. That's true. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people doing things for their social media out there these days. It is a lot more common. Yeah, but the roller skates are cute, fun, bright colors. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm gonna be able to find cute, fun, bright color roller skates around me. And they're like two hundred and fifty dollars, which is Do above you- my paying for a knitting photo shoot prop threshold right do you have any do you have any friends who have roller skates or know any local derby people I don't think so. maybe maybe Aaron does it mm-hmm. seems like Aaron would know of derby people I will I will poke around and see if I know anyone who has nice bright fun roller skates the mm-hmm. cheapest ones I found were $100 and they were so I will say there are cheaper roller skates, but I'm talking about like the cute, like retro-y fun color ones that everyone has because mm-hmm. there's no point in doing it if it's not cute like that. Then I could just go to the ice mm-hmm. rink and get the same effect. Yeah. Remember the plastic roller blades that we used to use in the 90s? Uh, yeah. What a horrible that was, idea. That's a horrible time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that's my bags. roller skate saga. <laughs> Nice. I wish I knew a cool TikTok roller skate dancer and then I could take a TikTok of them wearing my leggings and then I would make lots of money. The end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking about all the cute like poses you could do if you got like somebody actually good at this or like an actual skater to like. Right. I wish I lived in Don Landix or uh, uh, Home Row Fiberco's area. Then I could right just take pictures of their feet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've definitely noticed like some of the other, like uh, I follow a lot of other people on Instagram who are just kind of more just alternative, you know, fashion and aesthetic too, not necessarily with knitting. And a lot of them are getting into the roller skating too. Mm-hmm. Not me, far too yeah. clumsy. This has yeah, devolved. No. I broke my elbow <laughs> walking on the sidewalk. So, you know. <laughs> so yeah. sorry for the roller skating uh side thing but I I was like it would be so cute to have roller skating pictures and you know it's a whole rabbit hole mm-hmm. yeah what else have you been working on other stuff that doesn't have anything to do with roller skating um this is my waxing moon shawl <gasps> which is giant I don't remember when I was like doing the swatch for this and I was like I'm afraid it's not gonna be big enough well I'm an idiot so you were wrong <laughs> I mean wouldn't it technically be around like 500 grams, like just under 500 grams? Yes. And you thought it was going to be small. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, the bit I've been working on recently. It's so pretty. It's this gorgeous multicolored wedges and it's all coming around to make a big old circle. I can't wait to make one. Yeah. So this is my sample that I'm doing with my 2020 advent calendar from Earl Grey Fiber Co., which was an Alice in Wonderland themed advent calendar. And I'm on some of my favorite colors from it. This blue, this like pale blue Mm -hmm. with blue speckles was advice from a caterpillar. And this one is kind of like a blurple with lots Mm -hmm. of speckles. And that one is called uh, Drink Me. It's cute. It's so cute. So I'm having lots of fun. And it's massive. <laughs> Yay. How many stripes do you have total or wedges? The one I'm currently on is the 16th out of 24. Wow. Yeah. So I've been, I've been making pretty steady progress on it. And uh, just FYI, if you see this pattern on Instagram or you hear me talking about it, uh, Fiber Coven uh, $5 and up members have exclusive access to the test knit for this pattern uh, and are knitting it because it was designed to go with the power of the full moon club. Uh, and I am doing a sample in the power of the full moon club colorways, but I haven't worked on it in a while because I am anxiously awaiting the new yarn to arrive from Lauren. I'm anxiously awaiting for your yarn to arrive. I haven't as well. tracked it in a couple of days. We'll have to see where it's. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be there on Monday. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> I did not. I just tracked it right before we got on. Oh, where is it? No news. Oh. It has left Reno. Well, okay. Last time it left Reno, I got it in a couple of days. So that's good. Because where it sat was Reno for a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't been working on too much because I finished a couple things this week. I was naughty. I didn't pick up my stereo isomer socks at all, but I have been working on my cozy memories blanket. I put in, I put in these new squares. I see them. This is my cat sandwich fibers square. And this one is the same as my cowl. And then these are specter four and ghost crew. Cute. So those went in and then this one here is kind of into my acquisitions if you don't mind me sliding into acquisitions well I do have one more project to talk about but you can you can slide over there a little bit if you want what's the only thing I I really got I got the uh 
Oran High School Host Club anime yarn from Hawaii Bazaar. And it's I didn't so wait. Fun. I skeined it up already or I caked it up already because I needed to knit it, but I got the sock set. So it's I'm so gonna fun. make gonna make the little sockies. I'm gonna make them for my friend Candace because she wanted she wanted to get the club, but she lives in Canada and the shipping was too much. And I'm like, well, I'm knitting exclusively socks for other people this year. So that's so nice. I love socks. I know she's great. Transitory on Instagram. She's hilarious and mm-hmm. funny and cool and everyone should follow her. Yes. But yeah, it makes me so happy. And every time I see it, I just like hear the little theme song like pop in my head and I just want to be like kiss kiss fall in love it just makes me happy uh is that gonna be your next vanilla sock project I think these are gonna be my next vanilla socks um I I'm thinking of doing another flegal heel and then just using the extra for um for the cuff I want to put a square in my blanket as well. And then since I always have leftovers, I'm considering making myself some um, leg warmers out of the leftovers. Mm. But like the kind that are like the stirrup kind, like for yoga and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just little like heel, heel ones. Yeah. Little heelless, toeless mm-hmm. sock things. Mm-hmm. Contemplating it. Good we'll fun. see how much yarn I have left over. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, mitts or another thing that doesn't use that much yardage mm-hmm. yeah that's a good idea that too, that too. nice i pre-ordered a hawari bazaar anime club yarn so i'm really excited about that because the one she did after that was fruits basket which is my all-time favorite anime and manga so i'm really excited and i'm excited because i ordered it in worsted weight so chad's gonna make me a hat out of it <laughs> That's so cute. You guys are great. <laughs> It'll be my first project he's made me, and I'm very excited about it. I can't uh, wait to see the yarn and the hat. Me too. Uh, but I do have one more project to show you, and it's a new one you haven't seen before. Please. I'm so excited. I have it in my uh, home row fiber co mm-hmm. craft magic bag because it's themey. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> that's so much ribbing i hadn't shown it to you yet yes it's a, it's a, it's a, it's some ripping it's not that much ribbing Aww. it's making me happy yeah those are my avatar minis yeah and i have those in stock right now is mm-hmm. that a twisted just twisted rib or is it broken rib or it's just twisted rib but i am changing colors every row every row yes oh lordy yeah that's a lot of ends don't worry it's fine (laughs) uh yes so this is going to be a color work cowl with all of the symbols for the four elements uh and uh lauren's already seen the chart i made for this and actually i think you've seen it too if you watch our office hours uh patreon videos but yeah i'm excited so this is just the ribbing which goes through all of the colors of lauren's avatar mini sets and then i'm going to start on the fire color work next and this is just gonna be a little color work cowl yay i'm so excited to see it it's gonna be fun but yeah so i need to take a picture of this because it looks it looks really sweet and you have the minis in stock right now so i could be like hey go buy these (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And did you acquire anything this week? I did acquire something and I acquired a fountain pen. Ooh. So when we were talking last week, I was talking about how I write my bullet journal with these Le Pens mm-hmm. and they have tiny, you can't even see the nib because I wear it down so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been driving me nuts because I really go through these and that and they're only like a really good pen for my handwriting for like a week and then it gets shorter and then I have to write more and more vertically mm-hmm. and it's been driving me a little nuts. And, and you wear down the nibs before the ink runs out? Yeah. Yeah. Like way before the ink runs out. I think I write a little bit harder than you're supposed to but like I always Mm -hmm. have and I can't really stop it so Mm -hmm. uh I used a fountain pen way back in the day in like high school and stuff and I kind of got out of it I don't know why my friend Elspeth is really into fountain pens so I was like I'm gonna look at fountain pens and I got this one Ooh, that's pretty it has a cool purple cap Mm-hmm. and the ink goes in here and you can see it which is cool mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't have ink in it right now because of later story but this is a Twisby Eco and mm-hmm. it's made in Taiwan and I really like it uh, I got nice. this one to be my like dream journal pen mm-hmm. it's nice mm-hmm. yep. it's pretty uh, yes yeah, so this this should take me much longer to kill uh, aka I won't kill it <laughs> but yeah I got this to be my dream journal pen and I bought ink stupidly. So I didn't realize that there is this type of ink, which is iron gall ink, that uh, it can corrode your fountain pen nibs. And it's kind of generally high maintenance. It requires you to use the pen every day and clean it out more frequently so it doesn't get gunked up and I am just like not here for that but Mm -hmm. I bought it because I liked the color and I of course bought a bottle instead of like Mm -hmm. a smaller amount because I thought that it was just going to be like my everyday writing color so I have this ink that I'm not going to use which is a bummer and I took I put it in and I did write with the pen a bit and I really liked it but I took it out when I discovered that it would probably stain my cool clear pen interior and maybe Mm -hmm. wreck my new fancy pen so alas I do like paint and stuff so I'll probably just add it into the art supplies hoard and eventually like use it with a brush and that'll be fine Mm -hmm. but yeah that was kind of a bummer and then the other thing that I got just to hit free shipping on my order was this pen which is little sheeps it has little sheep on it (laughs) <laughs> it's a Zig uh, Coco Eero, uh, which I have actually owned before. And it's a plastic nib kind of brush pen. Mm-hmm. Cool situation. But yeah, I totally just bought it because it had sheep on it and it got me to free shipping. So it like I basically paid the same amount I would have for shipping. This is the but way. now I have a pen. <laughs> yep. Mm hmm. So that's my that's my fountain pen story. I did order another fountain pen already, but it's not here yet. And I ordered ink to solve my ink problems. Neato. Yes. That's my story. Fun. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you ready to dive into our occult corner topic? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Victorians eating all the mummies. 
And uh, so here's a trigger warning for both the horrors of colonialism and imperialism and corpse medicine. Like, please scurry away if these things are not to your liking. Yep. So the Victorians ate all the mummies. I didn't know about this. (laughs) Yeah, I first heard about I heard about that from an audiobook I listened to with my partner on a road trip, and it was called Stiff by Mary Roach. And it was just one of the many different topics in there, which basically is a book about what uses people have for cadavers. And it like spanned like medical stuff and forensics and, uh, and also corpse medicine, which has a very long history. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know why- but I was not this was not on my radar (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean like if you think about traditional like pre-scientific medicines like it made sense like use some ground up skull for headaches head treat headaches with head stuff like people have always used corpse medicine and across different cultures um little bits here and there and um there's all sorts of like, you know, you see all these occult things like candles made from, you know, a hanged man's fat or it was also a thing during, I believe, I want to say medieval. It was definitely pre-Renaissance Europe about they, they would definitely like get blood from hang, you know, like executed criminals and use that for medicinal or like cultural purposes. Yeah, I saw that. So we're going to we'll get into the renaissance and victorian times but i saw that if uh that was the mummy practice that we're going to talk about was typically by more affluent peoples but Mm -hmm. that poorer peoples could hang out by an execution site and get cups of warm blood for cheaper than the mummy stuff for medicinal purposes yeah yikes old-timey folks be real wild and it's just like it's super ironic that the like wealthy Victorians were into like mummy unwrapping parties and eating mummy bits and using like using mummies medicinally and that's not cannibalism but like everywhere they're imperializing oh these filthy cannibals we need to teach them our good Christian ways (laughs) it's just like please (laughs) but so the Victorians were notoriously obsessed with Egyptian stuff. And that's largely in part because of the Rosetta stone being discovered in 1799. Um, So really during Victorian times was when people Westerners were just beginning to understand Egyptian culture because they were finally able to read it. I've actually seen the Rosetta stone in the British museum, which is filled with so much pilfered Imperial stuff. It's bananas. There would be nothing in that museum if they had to give it back to who actually owns all that stuff. But it was pretty cool to see the Rosetta Stone, considering how historically important it was for our understanding, for Western understanding of Egypt. Um, But yeah, wealthy Victorians would import mummies for their parties and have someone like unwrap it and give out all the little amulets and stuff to party goers as party favors which is horribly like culturally insensitive to say the least and like disrespectful of the dead yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but in addition to this like horrendous colonial like party gag game thing they used to do 
they also used to grind up mummies and use and like blend it up with molasses and eat it for medicinal purposes or mix it into like salves and stuff. And that actually is because of a historical mistranslation. So back in the day, in like the cradle of civilization, they used bitumen, which is also called mumia in Latin, I believe. Um, And that was like pitch or asphalt. And it was used to like waterproof ships in the ancient world and anything you wanted to be sealed forever. You used pitch. It was their version of pitch or asphalt. Yeah. It's like Um, a fancy tar. Yeah. I don't even think it was fancy. It was tar. (laughs) (laughs) And somewhere Oh, and I mean, and this, this tar substance was used medicinally in small portions, I believe as well. And it was something that the crusaders noticed that people in, um, in the middle East were using medicinally. And it's a practice that the crusaders brought back from them, but due to mistranslations and like, there wasn't much actual like tar bitumen or mumia left, uh, they associated that black tarry color with the black color of a preserved mummy. And I'm sure they did use some um, bitumen in the actual. I saw that they did, but it Mm -hmm. ironically probably wasn't in the mummies that they were eating. Right. Because they only wanted to eat the fancy mummies and the fancy mummies were less likely to actually use the bitumen and Mm -hmm. the poorer people's mummies did probably use it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's just hilarious mm-hmm. and terrible. So terrible. <laughs> ah, what are you doing, Victorians? Yeah. And I, this was extremely popular during the Renaissance period. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely, definitely the eating of mummies happened in the Victorian times, but it was like, there were a lot more people who would have found it like weird, like in mainstream, but it was extremely mainstream during the Mm -hmm. renaissance period uh so much so that uh richard sugg who has written a book on the subject said the question was not should you eat human flesh but what sort of flesh should you eat which yikes man yep that's wild that's wild stuff it's very wild stuff yeah i saw that uh king charles ii had something called the king's drops uh which was a tincture he had containing human skull in alcohol Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that would be kind of gritty. You'd think so. It sounds good. Yes, yes. Also, and- uh, a popular uh, headache thing was uh, a drink that was a mix of skull and chocolate. So they got the chocolate. What a lively right? combination. <laughs> and it's just interesting thinking about corpse medicine and its relation to like catholic relics because like i've seen a lot of catholic churches in the old world and like it's not a big name catholic church until you have a chunk of a saint preserved for everybody to see well i also made me think of uh the catholic communion exactly yes like that's the thing like symbolic cannibalism because that's what that's what communion is 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 symbolic cannibalism how is that any different than corpse medicine versus rituals involving like spiritual rituals involving cannibalism in the new world or, you know, just other parts of the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you definitely see where they like got this idea from. Yeah. yeah. I also Europeans. saw that ancient Romans would drink uh, gladiators blood for power. And where gladiator sweat is perfume. 
Mm. Yum. Because the rom- that stuff was supposed to be like, it increases your vitality. Right. Wink. Because the Romans were just real horny. Roman oh, penis pills. <laughs> Long story short, humans have been consuming the bits and fluids of other humans for a long time. There are some type depots when that person has already died, but that really all seems to depend on when and where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was very interesting to read about. Thank you for this uh, disturbing little historical tidbit. (laughs) I mean, using a little like mummy paste, like taking a spoonful of like mummy powder mixed in honey seems a lot of mummy paste makes the something (laughs) go down (laughs) it seems a lot less horrible than just like crunching on a finger of a dead person it's true (laughs) yeah but yikes! yeah still yikes yeah in my um google researching i saw that the um last known instance of of this being sold in a european like pharmacy was in the early 1900s like this lasted a long time, like in the early, like in 19 something or whether you could go into a pharmacy and get some mummy powder. Yeah, I uh, also came across, uh, which I had known about in the past, but there was actually a pigment known as mummy brown, which, yes, <laughs> was made from mummies. That was really common amongst European painters, and that even was still available in the 20th century. Wow. Yeah. Neato. Neat. oh man i've got a whole laundry list of other weird stuff victorians did that we can talk about at other times too fun stuff fun stuff Mm -hmm. but i I think that's uh that's nearly it for us this week we did have one little bit of shameless self-promotion is that emily's new pattern is out tell us about it yes my new pattern deco devotion is a stranded colorwork cowl my sample is knit using brooklyn tweed loft in old world and hayloft and the pattern calls for an amount of yardage that i'm pulling up now about 690 yards of the uh, main color which mine is the navy and 465 yards of the contrast color which in mine is the gold and it comes in two sizes. Mine is the short and wide size. Uh, so if you like your cowls to lay a little bit more flat on your neck, a little bit more open uh, so you can see the pattern, I would choose this size. Or I also included the uh, tall and skinny size, which the lovely Lauren tested for me. Yay. So this one is uh, more like bunchy up on your neck style. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence was knit uh, using her avocado dyed yarn. It's very nice. I just dyed more of that this week. Oh, nice. I'll have to tell mm-hmm. people that. It's going to, it's for wholesale. So, oh, okay. I'll, I won't. Well, tell I'll tell them. people. <laughs> um, yes, but they use about the same amount of yarn because it's actually about the same amount of repeats because this one's mm. short and this one's tall. Uh, so mm-hmm. they don't have different yardage requirements. And like I said earlier, cause this was my finished object, it is doubled up to be super extra warm. Uh, and you graph the two ends together. Uh, you could also double knit it if you prefer double knitting to doing stranding. Uh, I saw someone in fiber coven was thinking about doing that. So that's also a great idea for something to do with the chart. 
-hmm. and it uses a size three needle in a, like a 24 inch circular needle would be perfect. And it is on sale uh, currently for 10% off of $7. And the sale runs through March 17th, which is St. Patty's Day. And there's no coupon code needed on Ravelry. It happens automatically. But if you are purchasing it on PayPip, you do need to put in the coupon code. And it says it right at the top of the description. So yay. Yay. But yeah, like I said, it's inspired by archi uh, architectural details of the Waldorf Astoria, uh, which is a really famous Art Deco building. And I think it's nice and like glamorous to wear and keep you warm in the winter. It is indeed very glamorous. Yeah. So go and buy Emily's new pattern, everybody. And if you are looking to, well, tell us where you can find all these things. Mm. So you can find all of my patterns on Ravelry. I am Kitty with a Cupcake. You can also find them on Payhip, where I am also Kitty with a Cupcake. And you can find links to all of these things on my Instagram, which is Kitty with a Cupcake. Hooray! And if you're looking to buy my yarns, they are available on Etsy at Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe. And I am on Instagram at Valkyrie underscore fibers. And together you can find us all around the internet as Fiber Coven. We have a Patreon if you'd like to join. We'd love to have you. We have a really awesome little Discord group and we have blog posts for you and extra videos and bonus stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well, Thanks for hanging out with us for another week, Coven. And until next week, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye.